Hello, this is Lafayette Faust, creator of the Nevermore Hollows podcast. Thank you for making the show a success. Please take a moment to subscribe, give five stars, comment, and share the show with your friends. It's the best way to help us grow and to be able to continue to provide quality horror content. Also, please support our new art director, Chris Madman Goins, at Black Sheep Studios TN on Instagram. He has some amazing Nevermore Hollows art for sale, signed by the both of us, as well as many other original pieces I think you're going to love. Now, for you horror hounds who like to have a good laugh, I invite you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Three Uncool Cats. In it, my two friends and I sit in a basement and discuss music, movies, and whatever else comes into our warped minds. I would really appreciate it if you would give it a listen. Now, with that out of the way, I invite you to sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. The Grim Tale of Grace Macabre, Chapter 20. Jennifer Macabre was a successful businesswoman. She earned a good living from the flower shop she had opened three years earlier. The first two years had been a financial struggle. However, the business steadily grew and was now a spectacular success. She had recently started enjoying some of the fruits of her labor. One of those fruits was her new Acura TL sports sedan. It was glossy black, accented in chrome. It was a beautiful car, and now Grace couldn't suppress her wide smile as she backed it out of the driveway. Her mother tried to act as if she were not worried while standing on the colorfully painted Victorian porch. She gave a nervous smile as Grace waved and drove down the tree-lined street. Grace was, for the first time since the shooting, in good spirits. She was bubbly at the fact that her mom had let her drive the Acura and didn't force her to drive their old Honda. When Ari saw her driving this car, he would know that Grace was not some loser. She had to take deep, calming breaths as she fantasized about the meeting. She just knew that it was going to be amazing. Once she had driven out of her mother's sight, she pulled the car over to the sidewalk and texted Ari that she was headed to the mall. Still want to get together? We can meet there, said the text. This time, the response came before she was able to pull back onto the street. He would meet her there, and her heart danced. Her palms became moist, but as she shifted into drive, she felt a pang of guilt. She had told her mother a lie. She was going to meet a guy whom she knew her mother would not like. 
She sat for a moment, considering these two conflicting emotions. She had never lied to her mother about anything. She had never attempted to deceive anyone in her family. The guilt urgently pulled at her mind, but the delicious anticipation of breaking the rules with the hottest and most mysterious guy in school sighed in her ear that everything would be fine. Besides, hadn't Ari saved her life? That thought smothered the guilt, and as she pulled away from the curb, her mind filled with fantasies about her blossoming relationship with Ari. She arrived at the mall and found a parking space. She climbed out of the car and shut the door. She turned and noticed Ari sitting on the hood of an old Mustang a few spaces down. He was wearing jeans and a western-style shirt, untucked, and a dark-colored, stylish jacket instead of his usual leather one. His dark hair was swept back and touched his collar. Grace couldn't help but notice that the shirt fit snugly enough to show his lean form, but not enough to seem vain. He slid off the hood of the Mustang as she walked over. "'Nice car,' she said." My uncle would love it. Ari flashed a brilliant smile at her. It was confident, yet she caught the hint of something else. Was it insecurity? It's a 1967 fastback, he said. I have an affinity for muscle cars, too. Grace had never heard any of the jocks at school use a word like affinity before. She liked that Ari seemed well-read. Don't say anything stupid, Grace, she thought. Act confidently and don't babble. Um, that's a great color, she said, motioning at the car. Ari put his hands on his hips. This somehow made his waist seem thinner and his shoulders broader. It's not original, he said. I had it painted this color earlier in the spring. It's serpent gray, and thanks for meeting me. Grace struggled not to unleash her smile because she knew it would be followed by a nervous giggle. She didn't want Ari to think she was some naive little girl, especially since he was used to hanging out with beautiful girls like Nephi. It's my pleasure, she heard herself say. She couldn't believe she was here with him, talking to him, I haven't had a chance to thank you for your help yesterday. Ian is going to be fine. Ari nodded and glanced down at his shoes. Was that humility? Then he straightened and looked in her eyes with confidence. Want to take a ride? Sure, Grace replied, hoping that he couldn't see her pulse pounding in her throat. Where to? Ari shrugged. I just love to drive, he said. It gives me a real sense of freedom. I just thought we'd drive around and talk, get to know each other a little better. Sounds great, Grace replied. She reached for the handle of the passenger door, but Ari stepped in front of her and grabbed it before she could. He gave her a curious look. Old-fashioned? Or modern, he asked. What do you mean?
Grace replied. Well, Ari said, his grin making him look like a mischievous little boy. If you're an old-fashioned kind of girl, you will like that I opened this door for you. If you're a modern woman, you will be offended. Grace wanted to ask him which he preferred, but knew that it would sound desperate. Just as she was about to respond that she would like for him to open the door, her mind latched onto something he had said. He followed old-fashioned with the word girl. He had used the word woman with modern. I'm more of a modern woman, she said, and thank you for asking. Ari's grin widened and he nodded. Okay, he said. He turned and walked to the driver's side without opening the door. That works for me. They both slid into their seats and buckled up. Ari turned the key and the car roared to life. Grace could feel the vibrations from the powerful engine. They only served to heighten her sense of exhilaration. Once they had gotten out of the mall's parking lot, Ari headed toward the outskirts of town. It was a crisp fall afternoon. The sun sparkled in the sky, painting everything in a red-gold glow. The trees were afire with color, not in the least dimmed by the Spanish moss that hung from their branches. They rolled down their windows, and the cool autumn air washed over them, intensifying the delightful sense of freedom. They drove down Main Street, which was lined with moss-covered trees and antique street lamps. People walked along the sidewalks drinking coffee from Misfits Coffee and Tea or shopped the curiously named stores. There was a sale at Mr. Jekyll's Art Supplies and a line outside Ichabod Finkel's Rare Books and Games, which was having a grand opening. They passed the edge of town and Ari turned onto a county road that led deep into the countryside. He drove a little faster taking the sharp curves as if he were a seasoned pro, and as the brilliant colors blurred by, Grace closed her eyes and let the cool wind whip her strawberry blonde hair around her freckled face. Grace had thought that she was dealing well with the shooting and the strange nightmare, but as she felt the vibrations from the car and the wind blowing through her hair, she realized that she hadn't been dealing with it at all. She had only suppressed it, pushed it down deep. But now, in this moment of freedom, it all came seeping up out of her subconscious mind, and as it did, she was able to consider those terrible events without anyone hovering over her. The shooting was just random. It was a conflict between Justin and Brandon that went horribly wrong, resulting in Ian being shot. The dream was a little bit more difficult to address, but she concluded that she must have somehow, during the chaos of the shooting, taken the oikos patch from Ian's shirt when she'd tried to stop his bleeding. She must have slipped it into her pocket. The dream was her subconscious reminding her, albeit in a very disturbing way, what she had done. Besides, 
Hadn't Sheena, the punk-rocking paramedic, given her a shot to help her relax? She had been groggy, unfocused, and completely out of it at the hospital during Ian's surgery. She could have had the patch in her pocket then and not realized it. And maybe she had walked in her sleep and retrieved the patch from whatever pocket it had been in and then climbed back into bed. This was the only sane answer. But what about Sarah? How did she know about the nightmare? And the text had disappeared. They were no longer on her phone. Did that really happen, or was it just another drug-fueled imagination? If there were no texts on her phone, then she'd never really gotten them. With this line of logic, she convinced herself that there was nothing supernatural at all happening. Everything could be explained. She suddenly had the feeling that she was being watched. She opened her eyes to see that Ari was looking over at her, a curious look on his face. She allowed a nervous smile to dance across her lips. What? Ari gave a slight shrug. You look conflicted for a moment. Then suddenly at peace, he said. They shot over the crest of a small hill, causing the butterflies in her stomach to intensify their fluttering. Grace considered his statement before replying. She had been struggling with so many emotions, beginning when her dad left, and they had only intensified with the shooting yesterday. But now, in this car, on this glorious day, with Ari beside her, she felt a sense of calm wash over her. She took a deep, cleansing breath of fresh autumn air. Even after everything that's happened to me lately, she said, I believe I'm at peace, Ari, probably more so than I have been in a long time. <laughs>